0: Strange and unexplained.
1: A critique of the mind, an exploration of the unknown, guided by curiosity, we creep through the shadows to uncover
0: the mystery of the week.
1: Hands with them. <laughs> Dottie, yes. Dottie!
0: Dottie Dati shook hands with them. knows Hans. Dottie <laughs> said their hands are odd. <laughs> and then? And then, because the story always has to move forward because there can't what? be an ending. And then? And then what? I got into my car. And then? And then what? We took a left hand turn onto the freeway and saw Macho Man Randy Savage look alike driving down the road also enjoying slim jims
1: i feel like if you did improv everything would come back and always circle back to macho man and slim jims oh
0: yeah brother Ugh. Oh, oh hulk you coming at me again i mean let's get real here's the thing macho man came out with an album i think it was 2009 and he still held onto a grudge against hulkster and you know, said, be a man, Hulk. Oh, be a man. Break through the chains and be a man. I'm not sure if those are the actual lyrics. It's because I don't actually know the lyrics, but I'm pretty sure Macho Man was swinging on a chain and telling Hulkster that he's still mad about like WrestleMania 87.
1: I think he was still getting paid to do that or just on no. his own free will that I think was his he's, thing?
0: I think he was genuinely upset about it. He's, he was a different person in, after WWE interviews, but also I think he was on less cocaine i'm not gonna say no cocaine watch any interview with macho man tell me that he's not on too much cocaine
1: i mean holding that grudge for so long might have what led to his cardiac problem
0: no easily also cocaine usage
1: Mm -hmm. and grudges can they go in hand in hand yes yes they often do you know what else goes hand in hand A part two to a part one. Yeah, baby. Did you see that transition? Did you hear that transition?
0: Gosh, we're getting good at this. You're like, you're a radio pro. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Mystery of the Week.
1: And this week, we're going into part two of Mothman Cometh. Mothman! Mothman!
0: Mothman!
1: That's exactly what everybody wanted. So should we cheers the mystery crew? Hey, cheers, mystery crew. Little deep.
0: That now was I not have a to day. ask
1: you what you have. We have matching strawberry truly teas.
0: Mm, so delicious. Hard seltzer teas.
1: You know that? That unheard of craft drink truly?
0: It's rather new.
1: So in part one, we discussed much of the Mothman activity in West Virginia that led up to the Silver Bridge collapse. Some of Mothman's features reported and how people were affected by visits from the creature. What we are overly excited to cover in part two is why West Virginia was such a Mothman hotspot and the many other places around the world where the flying harbinger of doom has been reported before disaster strikes. Dun dun. So if you haven't yet listened to part one.
0: Go back and listen to it, obviously, because what the fuck are you doing here?
1: Yeah, I would highly recommend going there first and then meeting back up with us here. But if you'd rather do that backwards, well, you do you. So let's jump right in, starting with, If Mothman did soar above and creep within Point Pleasant, the question remains why. What brought such a creature to such a place? Some believe aliens were connected, or Mothman may be an alien species and ailing beings, is probably the most obvious place to start on the Mystery of the Week podcast.
0: Agreed.
1: So, parallel to the Mothman visits and sightings were many sightings of UFOs in the West Virginia Valley. Those who spoke of these sightings also reported strange visits from what could have been the Men in Black. This belief is fueled by John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, which folds in UFO and MIB stories throughout the Mothman Ones. One such story that was considered proof of this theory came from Connie Carpenter, a young woman from New Haven, West Virginia. Driving home one day, something strange standing up on a hill caught her eye. At first, she thought it was just a very tall man dressed in gray, you know, as as you do.
0: That's what you do.
1: (laughs) But suddenly, it unfurled humongous 10-foot wings and then took off straight into the air and headed for her vehicle. Connie said, Those eyes! They were very red, and once they were fixed on me, I couldn't take my own eyes off them.
0: And she crashed her car.
1: Well, she said, <laughs> It's a wonder I didn't have a wreck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scotty, thank you for coming in because I was scared for you.
1: So she stepped on the gas and sped home, where her boyfriend said she could only repeat, Those eyes, those eyes, over and over in frightened shock.
0: How? <laughs> How flustered would you be, yes, her partner? <laughs> those eyes. Those eyes. It's like, of what? And like, we just got to get over. Ugh, tell me what it, those eyes of what? It's such like, I feel like that classic horror
1: movie reaction of like fainting. And being I, like, oh,
0: I was just about to say, I'm eyes. so surprised she didn't faint.
1: Well, she locked herself in her bathroom for a while. And Pissing herself. <laughs> probably. And then after that, Connie had to seek medical attention due to her eyes becoming very inflamed, swollen, and itchy, and she was diagnosed with Klieg conjunctivitis, also known as eye burn. The interesting thing is this eye burning is a common symptom of those who have claimed to see UFOs and stared toward the lights of a craft. This eye burning condition is also something usually seen in people who live in remarkably high altitudes and being closer to the sun's penetrating UV rays, which in the West Virginia Valley is not what's happening.
0: That's not what's happening. Unless she was just staring at the sun for too long. Didn't want to admit it.
1: She's like, I just want to see what would happen. I've always wondered.
0: They always tell you don't stare at the sun for too long or else you go blind. I can still see, but it does fucking hurt everywhere.
1: And now that her curiosity made her look very dumb and get hurt, she's like, those eyes!
0: Those 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 eyes! eyes!"
1: Those eyes! We had discussed that Mothman had the ability to captivate people with its glowing red orbital eyes. Almost (laughs) trance-like. Some people in this trance reported missing time, having held Mothman's gaze for several minutes to hours without realizing it, and when coming to, thought only seconds had passed. Missing time being Uh, another popular characteristic in alien and UFO abductions or visits.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's getting real.
1: It was like this, and now it's like this, and that's making connections.
0: (laughs) You know, I've been thinking this law law, law and order... uh
1: thing
0: it's just been in my head all day
1: so that's what we're gonna try to do today we're gonna try to the mothman prophecy we're taking
0: mothman to court today
1: yeah (laughs) i bet mothman has a very good lawyer
0: probably not all he does is scream all the time no one can ever tell what he's saying
1: but he can use the telephone
0: yes you can use the telephone multifaceted
1: So there was also the classic UFO symptom of cow and many other animal mutilations or complete disappearances, such as Bandit the Pup we discussed, who mysteriously disappeared after taking chase to the Mothman. What we didn't mention at the time, but I think it's fitting here, is when the Scarberries were being chased from the TNT plant, they noticed a deceased dog on the side of the road. But when leading the sheriff back to the TNT plant, the dog had vanished. Whoa. The dog's body had vanished.
0: That's so crazy driving out there you're like, look at that dead dog body. And you think they actually like looked again for it? I guess they went out the next day, didn't they? But- well,
1: that's kind of what I was seeing that in the, the whole frantic chase from Mothman that night, they took the time to like notice things on the side of the road and then. At night when it's dark?
0: Well, maybe like when know, they were just... pulling when they were they were originally going to the TNT plant, they noticed they're like, ooh, that's a dog, look, that's a dead dog. That's sad boo hoo. And which is very sad boo hoo, yes. But the saddest of things. I mean, yeah, they probably weren't noticing it when they were driving back out with the sheriff. Like <laughs> and sheriff. Also, we have to talk about this dead fucking dog on the <laughs> side of the road, Kenya. Scrape them up with a shovel?
1: Oh, John. Well, I can't do this conversation (laughs) anymore. But yeah, farmers at this time had reported cattle disappearing from their herds as well. As with many strange and unexplained encounters, comes the MIB.
0: Ooh, Will Smith.
1: They are not as fun and wholesome as these stories with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Well,
0: those are really fun, though.
1: Nope, they're nothing like that duo. They're actually very off-putting, and I would say uncomfortable and creepy Well, like they some kind of
0: freaks or something? They can't hold themselves together? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: Basically. I imagine they're more akin to the more sugar guy than anything else. Men in Black movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda Scarberry, coming back to them, who was one of the couples chased away from the TNT plant in 1966 by Mothman, reported visits from what have been perceived as the MIB, Mrs. Scarberry reported. The men wore black suits, black hats, and sunglasses. They drove black cars, Cadillacs, I think. They looked like human beings, but their skin was somewhat transparent. You could see the veins in their hands very clearly. Their fingers were longer than a normal person's fingers as well. Daddy shook hands with them. Daddy! <laughs> daddy Daddy shook hands daddy with them. Daddy knows Hans. Daddy said their hands are odd. And he said they were awkward in <laughs> shaking hands. They seemed to not know what to do or how to shake hands.
0: And daddies know how to shake hands. And daddies know. <laughs> well, see, and this kind of all goes into them just being basement dwellers. These were probably just move on guys.
1: The long fingers?
0: Yeah, well... Typing at the keys? Yeah. You know how you can, see, like, so you stretch out your fingers, and that way you get better better traction on the boards.
1: So, Linda also reported being followed around town by black Cadillacs, three men deep. She said they were so scared of these strange men, they couldn't get themselves to actually turn around and look at them and just snuck glances from their car mirrors.
0: So, also putting in and instilling fear into people inside their minds just like mothman does
1: yeah it's like scientology we just want you to know that we know we know and we're watching the mind game i
0: need you to know that we know
1: so mary hire and again she was a journalist and worked closely with john keel in investigating mothman and ufo cases in point pleasant Mary received multiple strange visits, as I'm sure you do when you're a journalist, but there were some that stuck out as extra peculiar in the days following the Silver Bridge tragedy. With the bridge being the story everyone was reporting, it struck her when two men, looking like twins, came in asking about UFO sightings in the area of Point Pleasant. Then she was struck by their appearance and demeanor. She said both were short and wore large overcoats that fit ill,
0: Like Daddy's Coat.
1: Too big Daddy's Coat. What? (laughs) Uh, Overcoats that were ill-fitting, asking,
0: What would you do if someone asked you to stop writing on flying saucers?
1: Mary was forward, in matter of fact, as always, and said she would tell them to go to hell, and smiled. Go right to hell! Go to hell! The two men looked silently at one another and just walked out. And all right, that's weird enough. Until the very same day... Another strange character paid her a similar visit. The man announced he was
0: Jack Brown,
1: but said it as if he was unsure and hesitant.
0: Oh, Jack Brown?
1: Perfect. And claimed he was a UFO researcher. His hands were unusual, with abnormally large fingers that tapered off at the end. He, too, wore an ill-fitting black suit, out of date, and had his tie-tied in an old-fashioned way she hadn't seen since the 40s. And despite freezing December weather outside, he wasn't wearing a coat or anything to shield him from the cold. The man began to speak strangely and stuttered out his words like he was learning to speak and asking,
0: w- 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 What would you do if some- someone ordered you to stop r- reporting on UFOs? Confused,
1: Mary asked if he was with the two other men. But he declined the notion.
0: What two other men? Tell me their names. Did they give you business cards? Because I've got some speaking to do. He he now spoke very clearly. (laughs) Pissed about the other two men. (laughs)
1: He's like, somebody else quit, took Dati's suit. I knew someone took Dati's suit. He would then try to convince Mary to go around to where sightings were reported with him, but her better judgment turned the offer <laughs> yeah. down.
0: get in the car with me. Tell me about other problems in town.
1: <laughs> she basically was like, I don't have time for this shit. I'm very busy. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, mister,
0: I don't trust you because I don't know you.
1: Once she denied, the man seemed like he didn't know what to do and started repeating back his previous words as if he ran out of tape recording and had to hit replay. Whoa. The man then left as concrete and metal being moved by cranes crashed in the background, noise that had become ambient to Mary Heyer and the people of Point Pleasant these days. Another belief outside of aliens is that West Virginia is cursed land by what they refer to as the Cornstalk Curse, put on Point Pleasant in 1777. So Chief Hokolesqua, meaning Cornstalk, was a leader of the Shawnee people in the area where Point Pleasant now stands. American settlers did the horrific act they did many of times, unfortunately, and pretended to befriend the Shawnee people, but soon settlers betrayed them, killing Chief Hocolescua and his son. The story goes that with the chief's dying breath, he cursed his killers, their descendants in the land on which they spilt his blood. The governor of Virginia, Patrick Henry, dubbed the chief's killers as vile assassins, and the killers were eventually brought to trial. But when the trial came, their fellow soldiers would not testify against them, and all were acquitted.
0: Ooh. Dun, dun. I mean, I- That's yeah, your chance. Dun, dun. But I did see it coming. Yeah.
1: It's a times-long-ago tale that unfortunately hasn't it's changed. not changing. An extremely heartbreaking event with no closure warrants a curse. The noble chief, who just wanted to keep peace and neutrality for his people, is still buried in Point Pleasant at the Two Indiwa State Park, which means the point between two waters. The Mothman has been compared to the Great Thunderbird, which we have covered in a past episode, where we discussed the importance of such a creature in Native American culture. So the thought is Mothman was sent by Chief Hokolosqua to carry out the curse.
0: That makes so much sense. That does make a lot of sense.
1: I, I think the thing that Mothman has is it's almost like he group hugs all these other cryptids or lore it's like he's just kind of this mothman's like this idea of so many things yeah we discussed the banshee thunderbirds
0: yeah there's a lot of things that i mean okay so mothman's so like out of sight you know you only get a glimpse of mothman that's you know it's just this really quick dash that, that you that you see him and yeah i mean that's he just encompasses all these other things that people have a much heavier description for and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's like all these cultures, which West Virginia is, all these cultures kind of like roll, rolled into one and all these cryptids have now kind of folded into one.
1: And yeah, so they were kind of saying like it's a story It's like these stories get passed on and Mothman's almost like this generation's version of a story. Yes. But what puts Mothman in this supernatural area more so than your typical cryptid is what we discussed in part one. Mothman does not behave like any known animal, human, or bird. It is very abnormal for a creature of its weight and size to take flight and has very unusual flight pattern that does not match any other bird. And let's not forget those red eyes that inflict unimaginable dread when someone is seized by Mothman's gaze. Almost like it's a creature that only one's imagination could sink into existence. Maybe. Just Maybe. Mothman is someone's imaginary friend.
0: Whoa. Unleashed on the world?
1: Another point to what brings Mothman into existence, and John Keel brings this up in the Mothman prophecies, are tulpas. I think this is my favorite theory, too. I also just love the way it, like, tumbles off your tongue. (laughs) Tulpa. Tulpa. So, Tibetans believe advanced human minds can manipulate invisible energy. Energy that is always there, such as radio waves— but only able to be tapped into and changed by a small percentage of people, thus brings tulpas into existence. Keel equates this to why some people report seeing ghosts or even UFOs. They're not necessarily supernatural, but energy put out from one's mind that manifests into something almost tangible or even visible. So Mothman and the UFOs seen in the West Virginia area may be residue from past energy leftover and unresolved or residue from someone creating the idea thinking up mothman and thus bringing it to be
0: that makes sense a lot of sense actually so there's a there's a subreddit called Tolpas, uh, tulpas and just listening to the people's stories on there they can they can switch out with their tulpa and just have them do their work day for them and then they switch back into their body. And then it's just them living for the rest of the day. They have someone that just takes over for eight hours a day. Does all the work. And then they just switch back into their body.
1: That would be very cathartic. Especially, like, you've had a lot of shitty jobs. You don't have to, like, yeah. deal with all the shit of work and just put it behind you and move on.
0: You kidding me? That's so much fun. And I
1: also fully realize that... Tulpas and all this sounds very trippy, as if aliens don't,
0: but... <laughs> it's all it's all fun.
1: But yeah, it does sound like I took one too many doses to explain that, but <laughs> let's not forget, Mothman became very popular in the 60s. People be tripping.
0: People were fucking tripping then.
1: But I thought it was interesting because one of the stories John Keel says to explain tulpas was there was a house in which an author lived and nothing was ever reported of anything strange going on in the house. But when the author had passed away and somebody else moved in, people kept explaining this strange man that they would see lurking around at night like a ghost. And then come to find out this man they were describing was exactly like one of the author's characters in his book. So It was almost like the author like manifests this character into he told the home them. where he like he told
0: their ass but i mean that's insane because what if i mean that was just one of the characters in his book but what if a comic book character tolped out in real life what if superman was real and just ran fucking mayhem all over everywhere because he has laser eyes too much strength and fly around too fast yeah that's scary What if that is? That's Mothman. It just got a little mangled coming out.
1: Mothman got mangled?
0: Well, because maybe it was originally supposed to be Superman. (laughs) It came out with a lot of birth defects.
1: (laughs) So the area now considered West Virginia was also something considered uninhabitable by Native Americans. Was like a black spot on the map. It was an area where they would hunt or gather, but not to be built on or lived in, for it had a bad energy.
0: No cell phone signal.
1: Exactly. With all that, West Virginia is not the only place Mothman has been reported. The creature has been seen around the world, conveniently popping up right before disaster strikes. Some of those being China, Germany, Ukraine. Each place tends to have its own theories as to where such a creature comes from, shedding more eerie red light on the mysterious Mothman. So we're now traveling to times long ago, and thousands of miles away from from West Virginia.
0: So far away. So we're traveling to times long ago. Follow with me on a magic carpet ride to the Crimean War, 1850s. So, I'm going to put the Crimean War in a nutshell. The Russians were mad at the Turkish and vice versa.
1: As war usually goes.
0: There it is. In a nutshell, the whole Crimean War. Now, I'm sure we're not a history podcast. Yeah. They disagreed on something. The Russian sentries were in there. So, there was a holiday that they were acknowledging. And so, they had came to a 24-hour truce. So, within this big war, everybody just took it aside- did a holiday thing. Some like five Russian soldiers were amongst themselves discussing. Hey, we can go sneak attack the Turkish, you know, like coming to the very end of this twenty-four hour pause. They're That's like
1: cheating, you cheaters,
0: coming up on them. And so the Russian, the Russians come out and they're sneaking across the battlefield, you know, because obviously like there's like trenches built, built and shit. So they're sneaking across the battlefield, and it's so dark. And they start seeing, like, turbans. And they're like, oh, it's the Turkish! The Turkish! And they start screaming. Like, they're seeing people in, like, robes, but it's very, very dark out. And they get so turned around because they're so scared and it's dark. And they start running back to their own camp. Well, the rest of the Russians see them coming, hear them screaming, and they start firing. And they end up killing five of their own guys. Oh, no. But then all of them also reported seeing just these giant black birds flying in the sky. But they were, you know, as we discussed before, like missing their head, saw giant red eyes. It was it was very early Mothman sightings and the Russians ended up losing that war. And then we go forward into
1: thousands of miles away to southeastern China, early 1926. The frightened villagers told stories of a mandragon, described as a large, black-winged man, mostly seen circling over the Xiante Dam. Then, on January 19th, the huge dam structure burst, flooding 40 billion gallons of water into the valleys below. This devastating disaster drowned 15,000 people. There's like... There's parallels throughout these stories, I've noticed, and we'll go into more of them. Explosions and water.
0: I mean, the water, the dam thing, I think if you quantify the dam breaking, 40 billion gallons of water come spewing out of this dam and it all runs rushing down into a valley. So there's nowhere to escape to. Fifteen And it's going to come so
1: quickly, and it's such an unex... You're not, like, anticipating a dam
0: bursting. Obviously not. It's the so last thing on my mind. It's going
1: to come so quickly. It's like, what would you have done? I
0: guess 1929. I expect anything.
1: Are you a damn historian?
0: Well, I'm
1: <laughs> a goddamn you a historian. a damn historian? <laughs> so flying back over to the United States in 1947, we land ourselves in Texas City, Texas. Yeah. How? I don't know why, but yip, 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 yip. The, these names always get to be, they'll have of like, or Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Kansas like, City, really? Kansas. You can't, can't do something different than that. But here we are. Texas City, Texas. Late that winter, the police station was being overrun with reports of dark figures and giant red-eyed owls larger than
0: anything seen before sheriff 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 y'all i I saw big i bit saw so many hooters out there and they were red-eyed and gnarly faced and all the townsfolk were coming in he's like everybody here's dumb as fuck Why are you coming to me? I'm the sheriff. I'm not someone you tell about owls. Do I look like an owl expert? Do I look like an owl expert? They're like, you're the closest thing to an owl expert I've ever seen, sheriff.
1: So a month after the reports, a cargo ship called the Grand Champ tooted up into the harbor carrying explosives. Boop, boop. And then it caught fire at the dock. The flames quickly spread to the other ships and one exploded. Destroying much of the town and killing all 28 firefighters responding to the blast. Also, more water, more
0: explosion. You know, I wonder what caused the fire on the ship.
1: Explosions. <laughs> <laughs> explosions I mean, cause the fire. Fires cause the explosions. Carrying, it was carrying explosives, so it's like one little spark probably sets off some kind probably of powder. Probably someone
0: was smoking.
1: Smoking a fat shig.
0: Fat Siggy threw it out, caught fire next to They're like, to the, not my problem, bye. They're like, oh, what's that say? Firecrackers? Toss their cigarette, and then... Pop, sure. pop, 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 pop. Went even as the biggest firecracker they ever saw. Well, not too far away, because we're keeping in the same state here, <laughs> the Houston Batman. Now, it's hot. Get me some ice-cold sweet tea, Because it's June, 1953. Hilda Walker was sitting on her porch, talking with her neighbor, Judy Myers, and Howard Phillips. Walker recalls, and looking out about 25 feet away, she saw a huge shadow. Now, at first, she thought the shadow was just a reflection of a bug caught in the streetlight. You know, you see that all the time. Yeah, You see bugs caught in the streetlight, large shadows cast down. It's fucking I normal. never seen that. Whatever you gotta tell yourself. He thought, that's just a reflection of a bug. A little creepy crawly. Well, then the shadow jumped. And it jumped into a pecan tree. That's how fucking southern this is. It jumped into a pecan tree.
1: <laughs> Don't they say pecan, pecan. tree? <laughs> a pecan tree. In Texas, it's a pecan tree.
0: <laughs> so it jumped into the pecan tree. And they, and they all looked up. And described what looked to be a man like form which stood over six and a half foot tall and it had bat like wings, much like how others have described mothman wings, leathery. Now this <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: expecting like more description leathery. leathery. <laughs> and, you know, you listen to part one, and come Bainey, on. Like
0: a ball sack. What? That's what they said.
1: Leathery like a ball sack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they didn't say that. That's my artistic involvement. (laughs) So So artsy. So these leathery wings. Now, this was the strange thing about this Mothman or Batman, as you may like to call it. I wouldn't. Now, this had a strange yellow glow that seemed to illuminate from the creature. They sat there stunned at the figure in front of them, watching it for at least 30 seconds. And then the light faded, and the monster disappeared from sight. And atop the houses across the street, they saw a white flash, like a torpedo-shaped object, zooming by. Phillips, the neighbor that was sitting on the porch, said, I've heard so much about flying saucer stories, and I thought all these people telling me the stories were crazy. But now, I don't know what to believe. I may be nuts, but I saw it. Whatever it was, I just sat there stupefied. I was amazed.
1: And then I saw your face. Now I'm, I'm a believer. believer.
0: Not a tra- Oh, We're going to get copyright claim. we got to quit singing all this good Smash Mouth song. But I mean, they were calling it the Houston Batman way before the Mothman.
1: I mean, Batman makes way more sense. Let's get real.
0: Yeah. Leathery balsaic wings for sure. Batman.
1: I will not be able to get over the fact that they decided we're going to name our creature after Batman. But not Batman. Not Batman. <laughs> not Batman.
0: <laughs> not as heavily of the reported story, but it was like one one account that came in was that or like the boy. No, it was the boy who saw the, the angel in the yard and had like butterfly wings. You know, so.
1: Yeah, but kids are stupid.
0: The kids are idiots.
1: All right. Now if you turn your attention over here on my corkboard of pins and red string. You see this?
0: Oh, I see it and it looks like you've been on it for a while.
1: Yes. It's 1978. bird Germany. bird Germany. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily here, and we need it, the outcome is a bit better. And depending on your point of view on Mothman, the creature might have actually succeeded this time.
0: This is a crazy story.
1: So some coal miners reported to work on September 10th, 1975, to see a giant man-like creature with wide leathery wings blocking the entrance to the mine. Some men thought it was a figment of their imagination. Others thought it was someone in a costume playing a wee little joke.
0: Oh, good. Good fucking joke, Stan. Get out of my way.
1: As they tried to approach the creature, it opened its mouth unhumanly wide and let out a <laughs> painful, shrieking cry like a siren. The men backed away, confused and scared. As they backed it on up.
0: <laughs> As they ba- backed that ass up.
1: The ground beneath them began to quake. The mine they were reporting to exploded and started collapsing. A dark gray cloud of smoke and fire bellowed from the entrance the creature was guarding. As the smoke and debris settled, the winged beastie was nowhere to be seen. No one had any answers for what they just witnessed, but felt grateful for its presence because it had just stopped 21 miners from entering the deadly mine shaft. And the mothman flew away, put sunglasses on, and said, "I did it."
0: Wow! (laughs) Okay, so six months later, only six of those twenty-one mine workers were still were still working at the mine. Two of the men who pledged to detail the indisputable facts of the case for the rest of the world perished suddenly, broke and destitute. Others were plagued by psychiatric problems. The dark winged creature came to be known as the Friedberg Shrieker.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah, but they, I mean, like, these people were just losing it. But I also looked up afterwards if exposure to heavy metals also would cause you psychiatric problems, and the answer is yes, and that was an iron mine that they were in. So mm, yeah, that makes sense a lot of them had psychiatric problems after Prior, that
1: that's probably why they casually were like yeah i was, thought i was just like seeing things i thought i was hallucinating that yeah, happens at the mine
0: what are you talking about of course
1: most recently and probably most famously was the case of 1986 in ukraine that's right the chernobyl nuclear disaster here the creature is referred to as the
0: blackbird of chernobyl
1: But the descriptions ring to a familiar turn. (laughs) But the descriptions ring to a familiar tune.
0: Hold on. The Blackbird of Chernobyl.
1: But the descriptions ring to a familiar tune. Beginning in April of 1986, a rumor seeped through what was then a little-known nuclear power plant located in the southern tier of Ukraine.
0: Chernobyl.
1: The creature was said to be a large, dark, mutated bird with piercing red eyes in and around
0: Chernobyl.
1: (laughs) Much like Point Pleasant, people were having horrific nightmares and receiving mysterious calls, warning them to stay away from the plant.
0: Yeah, I probably just, like, wouldn't go in there. I mean, like, call in sick or something. Just tell them that you have to take a trip out of the country. Tell them you can't stay here anymore. Goodbye.
1: This trend of Mothman using phones, I hilarious to me
0: unless it's the MIB calling
1: you think they're in cahoots with Mothman
0: obviously they don't want anybody to write stories on UFO stuff they don't want anybody to you know speak too much don't talk too much please don't talky talk don't want you to talk too much
1: According to accounts, some of these employees even mentioned their bizarre experiences to their superiors at the facility, but without evidence or any clear-cut indication of what the problem may be, there is very little these officials could do, even had they been willing to take action. Superiors are like, do I look like a spooky bird expert?
0: Hey, at nuclear power plants, I remember there was a nuclear power plant, and you could... Fish in the river by it, and the fish were bigger because the water stayed warmer.
1: You went to this place? Yeah, hell yeah. You ate nuclear fish?
0: Yes, I did eat nuclear fish.
1: That explains a lot.
0: I know. Look at me. My hands are so big, and so are my feet. (laughs) It's a real problem. On April 26,
1: 1986, during a routine test of Reactor 4, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant was rocked by a massive explosion. The power plant suffered a catastrophic explosion that exposed the core and threw clouds of radioactive material over the surrounding area as a fire burned uncontrollably. 30 people died that morning due to the explosion and radiation exposure. Over the next nine days, the graphite of the reactor continued to burn, resulting in tremendous environmental damage and an untold number of radiation casualties over the next 17 years. Do we dare get into the gruesome details of radiation poisoning?
0: Yes. Tell me about my skin melting and or turning into a superhero.
1: So this is a warning not to take lightly here. This gets very narnar, and not for those with a weak stomach.
0: But also, if you do have a weak stomach, dare yourself to listen because that's funny.
1: Hilarious. So, what many people after the explosion experienced was acute radiation sickness, but this isn't going to be cute at all. It wasn't
0: cute. It's not. It was ugly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The thing about radiation exposure is that it can be slow or it can be quick, depending on the amount of exposure. I can see John just, like, anticipating, like, what's about to happen. (laughs) John can't even handle cutting his own nails. I can't imagine you being able to handle this information. You can handle this
0: information? Yeah, I can handle this information. And I can handle cutting my own nails. Don't make me sound like a (laughs) garbage can person, Holly. I can handle cutting my own nails. My nails are cut.
1: But basically, high energy protons are emitted and penetrate the body tissues, causing damage to cells and their genetic material, just attacking and burning the body from the inside out and mutating DNA along the way. So with Acute Radiation Sickness, or ARS, there are usually four stages. Stage one is the predominant stage, which involves nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, but this is beyond the Pepto-Bismol jingle of upset stomachs, and along with severe headaches and a fever to boot.
0: It sounds comparable to uh, going through chemotherapy.
1: Yeah, because that's radiation exposure. It's worse. Oof. So one victim, Ignatanko, was a firefighter responding to the blast and was going to the bathroom due to bloody sickness from every hole at least 25 times a day Uh. and started throwing up bits of his internal organs.
0: Oh, no. You know you're toast once you throw up a piece of your stomach or your liver.
1: Yeah, it's like, I need that.
0: Don't go. Oh, do you swallow it? (laughs) I don't think Uh. it works that way. (laughs) Put the puzzle piece back together. Put the puzzle piece back together.
1: So Ignatanko was so radioactive, his wife had to risk her life visiting him at the hospital. And his body began to bloat and swell. And his wife said, every day I met a brand new person. He was quite literally transforming. Oh. The burns started coming up to the surface of his skin and lesions spread all over his body, causing his skin to look like a glossy white film. The skin then starts to blister and bruise. Then, like a miracle, he seemed to start getting better, and he was overcoming the sickness.
0: Like he got stronger because of it. Yeah, this
1: isn't Superman. Sorry.
0: But it could be like static shock. Now that kid flew around on a trash can lid, and that's pretty cool.
1: That's not what was happening, unfortunately. Like the calm before the storm, this is where we reach stage two. The latent stage which can last anywhere from days to weeks. And it's almost like you get over a flu. And Basically, the doctor said, enjoy this while you can.
0: It's the psych out phase. Ugh.
1: Because then the victim will reach stage three, manifest illness. At this point, the number of blood cells drop, making it impossible for the body to fight any infection and causes severe anemia. Which is very bad because the body by this point has already had many lesions and burns both with internal and external tissue. Remember, this starts from the inside and works its way out. The radiation also penetrates bone tissue and starts killing off bone marrow. And cells in the GI tract also start to die off, making the act of getting nutrients impossible.
0: Hollow bones. Ugh. Jello bones. Squishy bones. Squishy bones. Ugh. Ugh. Squeeze your bones like a sponge.
1: All the while, symptoms from phase one have come back in full force. And this all leads to hair loss, losing teeth, and even going blind. The body is pretty much liquefying from the inside out.
0: Damn, that sucks. It sucks ass.
1: It gives me such the heebie jeebies. Like, I'm yeah, so just uncomfortable listening to you. right now.
0: Yeah, I feel uncomfortable after that damn it. And I was so comfy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I warned you. Stage four again, depending on exposure, is either recovery or death. Recovery will require prolonged aggressive supportive care and victims who recover will require continued surveillance for late effects and can take months to years to recover and even need further treatment. Like, some people had to wear bandages for the rest of their life, or went in and out of not knowing if they were going to, like, basically lose their limbs.
0: Uh Ah, but I mean, ah, your bones are squishy. Ah, can you ever stand up again without your legs bending the other way?
1: Well, I mean, you can get bone marrow transplants, but they're saying even with that, it's like a total 50-50 chance.
0: Think about what you just told me. Bone marrow transplants? This sounds... Like the most painful thing you could ever do.
1: Yeah, it sounds bad.
0: I can't. It's so bad. Squishy bones.
1: John, did I mention their nails fall off?
0: <laughs> Don't like it. Like I am. I am a full body of cringe right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like your posture has totally changed. You're fidgeting so hard.
0: <laughs> it wigs me out. It wigs me out thinking about squishy bones. <laughs> 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 You're holding on
1: to your nails. Yeah. Okay, so we're done we're done with the body horror.
0: Out of squishy bone territory. <laughs> we're out of
1: squishy bone territory. So as the Soviet helicopter circled the smoldering plant, dropping over five hundred pounds of clay, sand, lead, and other extinguishing chemicals on top of the flames, some of the surveying workers who, at the sacrifice of their own lives, heroically struggled to prevent any further destruction, claimed to have witnessed what has been described as a 20-foot bird gliding through the thick, poisonous smoke from the plant, which continued to spew from the reactor. So either radiation or years of building muscle flying around the world, or even a bit of both, has Mothman 10 feet larger than he was back in
0: 1966. Now that sounds like a thunderbird
1: impressive
0: that i mean a 20 foot bird now 20 foot thunderbirds wingspans were 20 foot plus
1: i don't think thunderbirds had the description of red eyes though which is like the again though maybe radiation
0: maybe a different region i don't know he's
1: hanging out in mines and radiation radiation nuclear plants who the fuck knows i can only imagine if you have to if you can only come up to disaster the shit you've seen and been through (laughs) Squishy bones. <laughs> John still has recovered from squishy bones. Interestingly, many birds in the area after the explosion developed mutations in their feet and wings and developed
0: tumors. Well, the animals got real fucked up. I mean, they had two-headed animals. They have these, all these wild hogs that are like super, just super radioactive. And I did watch a documentary about uh chernobyl not that hbo chernobyl show haven't watched it probably too many squishy bones for me honestly but um i have seen that 30 years later we're talking chernobyl is a i guess thriving land for uh wildlife there because humans don't go there i mean they kind of have opened up for tourism but i think you have to stay on a trail and i don't think you can go too far off because there's a lot of still like, i would really not radioactive go stuff.
1: i i would be far too paranoid
0: radioactive tourism holly
1: no you're we, not into it we watched that one doc we were watching a documentary about people actually taking a tour to fukushima
0: Oh, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, Which is,
1: like, technically super illegal, but basically the tour bus guy will, like, pay people off to let them through with, like, Americans and just, I'm sorry, dum-dums who think that's a cool thing to do.
0: Nuclear tourism, baby. But they
1: give them these, like, they each bring their own, like, Geiger counter, and at the beginning of the tour, they're basically like, you won't reach very high levels, it's so minute, it'll barely mean anything. And then they're, like, halfway through the tour, you know, almost to where the blast happened. And they're all freaking out because their Geiger counters are much higher than what the tour person told them they'd be. It's like, yeah, no fucking shit. Like, do you realize how serious this is? I mean, they're just even like walking ago. into these
0: buildings, just, oh, wow, it looks like it's, you know, admiring what aesthetic here. And they, they want to see, like, the year caught in, like, a certain time.
1: Yeah, they want to take their photos of desolate shit. And they even drive right by, because basically in Fukushima, they put them in barrels and buried it, which isn't working, that's obviously eventually spewing, they're driving by all that, and then they're just wondering, and they're just freaking out having panic attacks that they're tourists going into nuclear fallout you As know if what they weren't expecting yeah
0: you're idiots you probably deserve it's like, it
1: yeah it's like i don't feel bad for anybody on this bus you should have known what you were getting yourself into but you dumb move. it just gives me the heebie jeebies that's so scary they're just silent killers you know like you may find out in a few years that you got really bad cancer now
0: They're <laughs> like but god damn it i got that cool shot of that abandoned mcdonald's that's so cool
1: So, in Chernobyl, it is estimated the zone around the reactor will not be inhabitable to humans for at least 20,000 years due to radioactive material saturating the land and the air around it. The thing about, like, nuclear waste spilling is it's it's a disease, basically, to all the land around it. And nuclear power plants have to be near a water source to cool the reactor, which it was. So it's just going to spew into a water source that's going to trickle to rivers and lakes and ponds and all throughout the community.
0: It's a huge disaster. It's just uh, so I mean-
1: despicable. So there's also a 19 mile wide exclusion area around the reactor and uprooted around 335,000 people from their homes. And the trees in the area were all killed from the radiation and became known as the Red Forest due to the color the woodland turned from exposure, which is also just a creepy sight and thought. Everything just feels like so symbolic. More than 600,000 women and children developed thyroid cancer as a direct result from the incident, and hundreds of thousands of people were ultimately affected by this incident, compounded by the government cover-up preventing those surrounding the plant from knowing of the radiation dangers and to evacuate Uh, sooner. damn. They basically waited for Sweden to find radiation in their atmosphere before they came out and said anything. The Soviet Union just wanted to act like it never happened, which I don't even understand how they thought that would work. And then once they detected radiation, they're like, Oh, yeah, there was this thing that happened and nobody Whoops. nobody else was aware of when it actually happened. Everyone was I was watching a news broadcast from from when it happened, where like we're speculating it was like four days ago. But we just don't know.
0: And just no one told anybody. Don't tell mom.
1: Right, it's like that Brady Bunch episode where they break the vase, but it's it's a nuclear power plant. Yeah,
0: it it fucking ruined everything. This vase.
1: It's like ruined if, everything. It's like if Mrs. Brady came in, like, why am I suddenly vomiting blood and having headaches?
0: Because I blew up a nuclear vase.
1: It's also estimated that the disaster cost some two hundred and thirty-five billion dollars in damage, and to this day, the full scale of the disaster and its impact is a mystery. And though we like mystery, this one isn't one of a fun nature Not that fun. we prefer.
0: It is spooky.
1: But we got to go out on a lighter note than Chernobyl. That one's a ru- that's a rough one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got a lighter, lighter caseload here. So so for a decade. Residents near Chicago's O'Hare Airport have reported seeing a huge winged monster, giving the classic description of the beast we all know and love. He's between 6 and 10 foot tall, and with terrifying red eyes, he flies through the sky. Now, one of the first reported sightings in Chicago was in 2011, near Oz Park. The person... Unknown described to UFO Clearinghouse. That's a huge thing. And Chicago people are always reporting to UFO Clearinghouse. It's just you report stuff, your UFO sightings to it. So the unnamed person reported that they saw a huge flying humanoid. As they went on, more and more sightings popped up. In 2017 alone, there were 55 reported sightings of the Mothman in the Chicagoland area. On Eight twenty-two of 2001 I saw this story on uh, phantomandmonsters.com. And this is pretty funny because it sounds like a Reddit post. So the gist of the whole story is this guy's taking a bus back home. And he looks out the window. And he sees three girls pointing up at it. And they're laughing. So he gets off at his stop and he's walking back. And so he stops over at the same spot to see what, what was so funny. Well... The statue has its hand up, one hand up, and the other hand is to its side. But if you're standing just where those girls were, the thumb of the hand would look like a wiener coming out of the pants.
1: Like a peepee. Like a (laughs) peepee.
0: So he's like, ha ha ha, that is funny. And he takes up his camera and he takes takes a snapshot of it. And later he gets home and he's looking at the picture and he sees mothman and it's it's pretty clear as day if we if we end up looking at it
1: oh there's a photo
0: oh yeah yeah there's a photo there's a photo
1: was mothman perched on the peen
0: no so mothman was flying out behind the statue all right so here is the photo that he took now you oh, look it says at,
1: like daytime
0: yeah look for the peen
1: <laughs> oh my god it does look like a peen <laughs> it <laughs> oh, does no. it is funny I, mean, I can't even tell from that point of view how that's not a peen <laughs> Anyway, I'll scroll over here to look at Mothman now. I mean, yeah, it looks like a bat, but it it's huge.
0: It's huge. Absolutely huge. Leathery wings.
1: I remain skeptical. I could also, for like, my brain's also telling me I can tell zooming in that it has an outline to it. Like it was placed there,
0: Photoshop. Maybe, but maybe not.
1: that's what sucks about cell phones like having a camera all the time and it being so accessible is that things can also be so easily faked it almost negates one another
0: 100 percent. you can look around this photo and tell it's a crop job
1: yeah it's a crop job for sure
0: (laughs) but the story in itself is very funny and the picture of the statue is very funny we'll post that up because it does look like a peen sticking out of the pants it's so funny now back to chicagoland sightings so another sighting near the chicago o'hare airport mothman airport was a sighting from a usps worker now you got to trust them that's a government official much respect also would not give her name but did report it to ufo clearinghouse super fun everybody's reporting stuff to ufo clearinghouse now the sighting in her own words reads as such i had just left work at the usps sorting facility at o'hare at about 11 p.m on thursday the 24th of september and was walking out to my car when i saw something standing at the far end of the parking lot at first i thought it was a very tall person with a long coat as I got closer to my car i unlocked it which caused my headlights to come on my headlights hit the person standing about 20 to 25 feet from my car, causing it to turn on, and it looked right at me. Oh gosh, that's so spooky. I saw this was not some person, but some red-eyed creature, and a, what appeared to be a coat was actually wings, which it spread out as it turned and looked at me. At first, I thought it was some kind of bird, a very, very large bird, But I've never seen anything, or any bird, that stood almost seven foot tall. Now I'm 5'4", and this thing is looking taller than me by at least two feet. This thing started making some kind of chirping sound. Almost half chirps, and then half clicks, like someone was clicking their tongue, and then it started to make a screeching noise. Mothman 101. Classic. So I so this thing ended up taking off running towards me. It got within 10 feet of me and then took off in the air and flew above me. I was screaming hysterically as I (laughs) crouched down behind the car but behind behind my car's open door and I dived into my car head first. I was in near panic and I tried as I tried to start the car. Close and lock the doors, I turned on my interior lights. I started it up and took off out of the parking lot and flew down the road till I hit the main road. I got home and told my husband, who also worked at the same facility, and he was the one who told me about the sightings of the thing. I was scared shitless, and I hope to have never seen this thing again. It was roaming around the area, scaring people half to death. I hope the airport people decide to do something about this thing someday. What do you think the airport people are going to do about it?
1: Her husband was just like, yeah, that creeps always around. No big deal.
0: No, he was saying that reports were starting to come up about it. Because again, I mean, we're seeing just in 2017, right? I said 55 reports alone. Of this thing. So, I mean, it's been known in the area and it's been seen at the Chicago O'Hare Airport. Okay. Now,
1: note to self, I'm not flying into Chicago.
0: Another guy that worked near the Chicago O'Hare Airport. He was a security guard at one of the bars over there. And he walked outside and he saw a plane flying and then he saw a creature underneath of it. And he's and as, as you were saying, like the, the Mothman's reported kind of flying erratically. And he said, "This thing was underneath the plane, making up and down swooping motions as it flew by." And he could see the eyes of this thing because, again, he's not super far away from from, from the airport. But he saw the eyes of this creature, and it was moving up and down, up and down underneath the plane as it flew. Yeah, and the eyes, were, the eyes were glowing red.
1: Yep, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, do not take this lightly. If we fly back to Illinois, we are not going to O'Hare. Mm-hmm. I will take that as a staunch warning
0: flying to st louis baby st
1: louis indiana not chicago yeah that's spooky <laughs> that's
0: i feel spooky like we're world. getting
1: i feel like we're getting <laughs> indiana spooky <laughs> no i feel like we're getting modern day warnings and i hope people heed is that the things people say we're yep. getting warnings and i hope modern people day heed. warnings <laughs> heed
0: the warning. is this a modern day warning <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your guard down, watch the skies, keep your eyes peeled, cause Mothman's watching.
1: The Mothman's mystery continues. Whenever he shows up next, I hope to not be there. And if you do see the creature, run very quickly and don't look back. Just in case, be looking up at the sky more frequently, I think is what we've all learned from this.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes peeled.
1: And your bones not squishy.
0: No, keep your bones hard. <laughs> Don't get bone marrow transplant. I would imagine it hurts.
1: Should we hop on over to news? Let's hop on. Fly over on to over.
0: news. Yeehaw! Still stuck in Texas. Be on the other side. Say a mysteries Parker. in the news. Mysterious news. Whoa! Is that a UFO? Did you hear that? Who's out there? Who's out there? Uh, Do you think it's alive? I don't know. I think it's moving. Now that I've got this can of beans all rustled up down in my tummy, tied up tight, I'm ready for some news. Lay it on me, cowpoke.
1: Why, of all the places we visited on today's episode, did you want to go back to Texas? Because they
0: have the most fun accent. Yeep. Oh, You yepaw. <laughs> <He paw.
1: laughs> <laughs> you're doing great. They'll never suspect that, that you're not from Texas. In Texas,
0: well, I know because I'll be walking with my thumbs in the hoops of my jeans and my knees pointed out to the sides. Yep, 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 yep. Well,
1: I guess it's kind of fitting that you went back to Texas because Texas public safety officials accidentally sent an Amber Alert warning that the killer doll Chucky was on the loose. Ooh wee. So, last week, Texas public safety officials accidentally sent an Amber Alert warning that Chucky, the horror movie doll, was a suspect in a kidnapping.
0: This freckled face freak snatched a kid. Uh, Chucky
1: was one of the first horror movies I ever saw as a child. And I remember begging to watch Chucky just because it was about, like, a toy. And I thought it'd be fun not really realizing it was a horror
0: movie. Mistakes were made. No, yeah, mistakes were made because I thought it was stupid at first. I was like... Who would be scared of a toy coming to life? I've watched Small Soldiers, and then I watched Chucky, and I absolutely was very scared of my closets after that.
1: Very scary. I, because Furbies came out after, like, I feel like not too far after Chucky, and my cousins had Furbies, and I remember being like, I do not want a Furby. Furbies holy reminded me of chucky
0: <laughs> i had a furby i always had friends that said they taught their furbies how to say shit and fuck and i always wanted to do that
1: that's the only reason anybody wanted a Furby. yeah but i've
0: never i never saw the proof the proof's in the pudding the proof's in the but furby. i've never saw the fuck pudding okay nobody wants to see that i just never saw it so the
1: amber alert used in searching for missing or abducted children listed chucky the main character of Child's play movies. I like how someone's explaining this. Like, or, like nobody. Yeah, knows I fucking what get it. Is. But they explained. They listed Chucky as a 28 year old man with red hair and blue eyes who was last seen wearing blue denim overalls.
0: He was just a little person, wasn't he?
1: His height was given as three foot one, and his weight is sixteen pounds. His race was listed as other doll alongside a picture of the killer doll was a warning that he was wielding a huge kitchen knife before his disappearance oh shit the message listed glenn a character in the 2004 movie *Seed of chucky as the missing child the emergency alert was sent by email three times and the official from the department of public safety said the alert was sent out because of a test malfunction Uh uh-huh i like how the people at the amber alert place just as, fucking around As a humor yeah it's like i feel like it's not the place do you think it's not you, endearing for them
0: do you think they were actually doing it do you think someone got into their system
1: i think that they had to set up a test that they accident and they were just like what's a child Chucky. Chucky. Uh-oh.
0: you say it's not the place but i say it is the place because i mean it's pretty heavy news every day you come to work what's this email about missing kid now they say hey we just got to set up this test why don't, you, why don't you guys have a little fun? Why don't you have a little fun? And they go. are like, you earned it. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay. I am going to have fun. What was the last movie you watched? Chuckie's Child Play.
1: But they said, we apologize for the confusion this may have caused and are diligently working to ensure this does not happen again.
0: No more fun at work, they say.
1: Isn't the first time an emergency alert was sent by accident, and they bring up the time...
0: Hawaii thing?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is even, like, more serious. The moment you get this amber alert for the Chucky thing, unless you live under a fucking rock, you're gonna be like, oh, well, that's... That's weird. That's obviously not real. Mm-hmm. But the people in Hawaii, it was like, seek immediate that's, shelter. That's like, scary. That's scary. That was like,
0: <laughs> oh, that shit. came off
1: as real. <laughs> just joking around, little work mishap, hardy har-har.
0: No more fun at work, they say. That's essentially no more pizza parties at work. I just
1: love how it's like a peek behind the veil of something you otherwise...
0: Gotta test it somehow, they say.
1: Even Amber Alerts have a sense of humor, I guess. and I don't know if I like it.
0: I'm fine with it, because... Again, you got to have fun somewhere.
1: Well, rats off to you, Amber Alerts.
0: Yes, we appreciate you for whenever you, you help find a kiddo. Well,
1: thanks for tuning into part two and sticking through us. We got a lot of feedback on part one that we super appreciate. Yeah. It's very endearing that just to know people are enjoying it.
0: A lot of people hit us back, said they really liked part one. Hopefully you guys like part two. Thanks for reaching out.
1: Yeah, so it was just successfully spooky, which I love.
0: I love spooking people out.
1: But yeah, I'm ready to kind of put it aside. We've been researching and writing and doing Mothman for a while. A lot of
0: Mothman all at once.
1: But I highly recommend Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. It's a good read. And I actually got a lot of stuff in there some really good men in black stories that weren't exactly mothman ones
0: looking at some men in black men Mm -hmm. in black Mm -hmm. episode Mm -hmm. in the future Mm
1: -hmm. for sure until next time go to our website motwpodcast.com for anything references or our socials or contacting us we'd love to hear from you and until next time
0: bigfoot bless you
1: later days bye